From Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world, this is the Cap Mac Podcast for June 2016. This month, join John Purvis and Jim Wynn as they explore the Apple Worldwide Developers Conference. And while everybody else is making crazy guesses about it, we're going to step back and talk about what is WWDC and why it matters to you. Then at the June 14th CapMac General Meeting, we're going to have highlights of the keynote presentation and how it's going to impact your life in years ahead. Once again, we're recording this in our makeshift studios in the back room of Denny's Capital, just before a board meeting. Let's dive in. As we're recording this before the board meeting on June 7th, WWDC has not yet occurred. That's going to happen on the 13th at noon at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. So everything that we're saying here is an anticipation of the real thing. Um, Jim, WWDC, what is WWDC? Well, WWDC is Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference that they held. They hold every year uh, for their developers to uh, tell the developers about what their upcoming plans are, and to uh, you know inform the developers so the developers can have a head start on developing applications. You know to uh, use the uh, you know the, the latest and greatest uh, things that Apple has come up with. Uh, it's always a time to uh, introduce, you know, uh, operating system upgrades and, and oftentimes, uh, you know, upgraded hardware. John, what is the importance of a developer's conference like this? I mean, you, you, you come from a, a technical background. When you, when you get, you know, a thousand Apple engineers and software people in, in a room with a whole bunch of developers, what kind of synergy, what kind of importance would that have to a company? Well, part of it is to connect with those who are doing the development on Apple side to find out the latest information uh, and at the same time also connect with your peers who are doing con other development, uh, perhaps pair with another vendor to come up with a joint product. In this case, as Jim describes, WWDC is the opportunity for Apple to tell their developers about what's coming. Since most of the Apple world is, in terms of the developers, is all software, you have a long lead time for software. I was a developer for a few years, and it takes time. So part of what they're doing there is to introduce to those developers new features that are going to be available to them to incorporate into their software. So this conference will tell them about those features, perhaps give them examples as to how they can do things to get them started. And now they have a running start so that when the actual code hits the users, us, uh, in the fall, then they'll have code ready or nearly ready to go that will take advantage of those features. When you hear that very few people are actually using iOS and very few people are using OS X and even fewer 
using OS for the watch or for Apple TV, you kind of wonder why so many developers are devoted to Apple. I mean, Jim, do you have any thoughts on why developers are, are such fanboys of Apple? Well, for one thing, every Apple product, every phone, every iPad, every watch uses is based on Apple software, Apple operating systems. So when Apple upgrades, updates their, their operating systems you know, in the year and they introduce it to Worldwide Developers Conference, you know, that can be a big deal because it, it improves, upgrades, updates, and improves every Apple product that's, that's out there in the world. There was a news story out just a, a couple of weeks ago that very few apps actually make a profit. The ones that, that garner the biggest paychecks are relatively few in number. John, about how many apps do you have on your phone in your iPad? I see your iPad sitting there in front of you on the table. Well, probably not as many as a lot of people do. I, I have a limited number. Uh, I don't could tell you exactly, but probably 30 or so. Now, that, hasn't, that doesn't count all the ones I've tried, but oftentimes I'll hear about one and I'll download it, try it, and unless it's something that I find extremely useful, it goes away. Uh, I stick with just those that I, I find that I need to keep. Um, yes, there's probably tens of thousands of apps for the iPhone store. How many? Obviously, not all of those can make much money, and probably most of them make hardly any money. But again, not every developer is putting stuff into that marketplace expecting to be a millionaire. Uh, they're going in, in many cases, it's a project that they're doing. It's something that they wanted to do. Yes, they'd like to make money. Making money isn't their only option. And the other part of that is, it's in many cases, a developer may have not one app, but a dozen apps or two dozen apps. So he may not be making a lot from any one of them, but he may be making enough, shall we say, across all of them to keep his interest up. Well, also, you know, many apps are probably not intended to make money themselves. You know, they're distributed for free and they are sponsored by, you know, other entities that, that use the apps as a front door, you know, to doing business with the company, whether it's a bank or, you know, a you know, brokerage house. Uh, you know, something like that. And, you know, you know, that's, those are apps that I use, you know, most of the time. I, I would say that a, a very small minority of the apps that I use are ones that I've paid for. Do you guys have a thought about the importance of voice control? Do you think there's a future in that? Well, certainly I think there's a future in it because that is a interface method that virtually everyone knows firsthand. If I can speak to my computer uh, and make requests, queries, directions, that's going to make it easier for m even more people to use that computer, whether it be a phone, a tablet, or a desktop, to, in order to do things. Um, I think it's got potential for replacing 
the keyboard and mouse in so many places. Now that doesn't mean the, the keyboard and mouse is going away because they have their place too. But for the everyday mom and pop user being able to pop out a device, hit a button and then simply speak what they want is going to make it much easier for them to interface to the computer and access the services that are available through the internet. Well, uh, one rumor that I saw uh, just you know, to that topic is that uh, there's maybe a good possibility that, that there will be a software developer's kit available for Siri so that Siri functionality can be added to third-party you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, applications, not just Apple's. And that will you know, be, you know, open, you know, open up huge doors. To follow on that rumor that Jim mentioned, one of the other aspects of it is not only will they have facilities to a developer's kit, but that they're going to be coming out with a Siri 2, a, an improved version of Siri that gives more capabilities. So hopefully those two together will broaden the market of opportunities for developers to incorporate voice and be able to do more with it. Let's, let's explore what is meant by a software development kit. When somebody hears that Apple is producing tools for developers and software development kits and APIs, John, you've, you've done a fair amount of, of scripting and coding. Um, help me understand a little bit better uh, what is meant by these things. Well, first of all, you talked about uh, the API, the application programmer interface. That's simply a set of calls, a subroutines typically, that will perform some function. You give it a name followed by parentheses and then one or more parameters that you pass to do something. Now the do something can be anything from opening a file, creating or formatting a disk, all these kinds of functions higher level functions now. So that's the API. Those calls that people put into their code to keep it so they don't have to write that low level code. Now the software developer kit is more of, okay, here's the collection of APIs, here's the documentation on them, and here are tools that may be used to develop the, within that infrastructure, as well as examples of how to use some of those. So it's a, here, let me get you started and let me help you make your job easier to get written code. Well, I think it also, uh, along those lines, it. it allows the developer to not have to you know, reinvent every wheel uh, in, in, in any uh, you know, program that they're developing. You know, Apple has already done that and uh, you know, done really you know, most of the work. It's just putting the little building blocks, kind of like a Lego set, you know, putting the building blocks together. And that also means to the user that you know, programs will do, you know, different programs will do similar things in a similar way so that it'll be a behave like you expect it to behave. Well, uh, yeah, there was an interesting example of that that came out in the news in the last few weeks. You know, uh, you know people who are, you know, suffer through Windows, uh, you know, have been, you know, nagged almost incessantly by Microsoft to download Windows 10. Well, it seems that, uh, you know, one, one little trick that they tried was that, uh, uh, 
window popped up, you know, saying, you know, do you want to, you know, download and install Windows 10? And the, you know, the Microsoft convention is to have a little X in the upper left, right-hand corner of a window to dismiss that window. But uh, in Microsoft, in their wisdom, apparently changed the functionality of that X from closing the window, which you know, people who didn't want to install the software would click the window to close it. Well, when they would do that, they would download and install the software. So they just changed the function of that little X to like, oh yeah, go ahead, please, be my guest. Yes, people are now users of Windows 10 that had no intentions of being Windows 10 users. There is, I am told, a path to revert though. Guys, it is entirely likely that there is going to be another version of OS 10 announced. And uh, I mean, we've been through Yosemite and the, the big cats and in places in California, um, what's it going to be next? Is it going to be 1012, 1013, 10 Mac OS something? Well, uh, one thing that, that appears to be highly likely is that Siri will come to the Mac. And, uh, you know, just like you said, we were saying you know, earlier, uh, that, you know, that, that could you know, really turn out to be a very big deal. Uh, you're bringing your know, series functionality you know, to the desktop. I personally would like to see more uh, HomeKit and more control that could be executed through your Apple TV. Um, I have an Apple TV 3, so my probably is not going to be able to take advantage of uh, these new features as much as versions 4 and perhaps any other ones coming down the line. Um, there has been, I think, some rumors about another version of the Apple TV that uh, does more of home automation and is more of a competitor with the products like the Echo and I forget the name of the Google product that's similar to the uh, Amazon Echo to be able to sit there in your home that will take advantage of your voice input and be able to then be your personal assistant to order, to schedule, to take care of things for you and control your home in addition to, to that as well. So I would hope that that is something that is coming. I think that should they do that, that would prompt me perhaps to buy a, a fifth generation Apple TV because I would like to take advantage of that voice input. I think, as you mentioned before, voice is going to be important, and it enables us to do a lot of things without having to take out our phone and open an app and then punch buttons or, or even talk to Siri on our phone. Uh, it just makes that simpler. And personally, I have more faith in Apple being the recipient of my voice than either Google or Amazon. Uh, I don't know if I trust, trust them wholeheartedly, but I certainly trust them further than I do Amazon or, or Google because to them, we're the product. We are an advertising source or uh, endpoint, I should say. And so they have benefits to, to mine that information 
where Apple, I'm a user, and they don't have any anything that we know of right now that would see us as a resource. Okay, let's be honest. In OS 10 or Mac OS, what apps need the most attention? Now, Apple has just released a new version of I, uh, I, iTunes, much improved, not perfect, but much improved. What other apps do you see needing, or what other major things do you see needing tender loving care? What what the, what apps frustrate you most in OS 10? Well, I think uh, there's some word that uh, photos may get a, a much needed upgrade. It's been kind of languishing, and then also some functions that that really haven't gelled yet, or the the continuity and handoff, you know, between. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Mac and uh, iOS products. And that, you know, works sort of, but could, could work a heck of a lot better. So let's maybe hope that that, that will uh, improve. Well, as Jim said, I, I, I don't use, uh, and as you said, I, I use iTunes, but not exhaustively. I haven't even implemented the last upgrade. But I don't see that, to me, as much of an issue. I would like to see numbers and pages both improve so that they don't necessarily have to be equivalent to Excel and Word, but having them have a little bit more capabilities would be nice. I find myself having to drop to LibreOffice to do things because I can't do them in a spreadsheet with, with uh, numbers. I can't gra create the graphs that I want to create. So I, I think they have opportunities to be improved. Um, beyond that, I think mail could be improved. I use mail a lot and it seems to have some problems. Um, not bad, but on the other hand, I think that they seem to let it languish because it's there and it works. And until somebody complains a lot, they don't go in and do much to fix it. As we look forward, I think that we're going to see Apple expand into services. Certainly, that was a topic that came up in their recent uh, financial review. Uh, we have their uh, music service, which I'm not a member of, but that seems to be very popular, contrary to the original expectations. I think they have 15 million cons uh, subscribers now. So that's a service that is growing. Uh, uh, iCloud is growing, I think. Again, that's an area that I think they could improve upon a little bit. But services seem to be the way most of the computing companies are headed. Uh, I'm glad to see Apple is expanding there. I just hope that they don't ignore other things in light of these new uh, flashy services and, and products brings us to another another question is product cycles we've gotten used to a refresh with the iPhones that there's a model out a major model every two years a minor revision every year with the computers and in in iPads and everything it's been kind of hit or miss you guys have a feel for whether Apple should just kind of chill a little bit and maybe be a little bit more relaxed with product refreshes or not be as flashy about it 
Well, I don't think that Apple by any means is, is right there on the bleeding edge. Uh, they, they do seem to have had a track record of incorporating the latest Intel products once they're available in volume. And I think that has been somewhat of an issue in, the, in recently. And they have to be free of, of heat problems and, and other issues that will constrain their design in, into products. Um, I, I think Apple's cycle it hasn't been bad, but as Jim mentioned, the, we do have some products that are lagging. Um, I, I would like to see the MacBooks, all of the computer line, uh, upgraded on a more regular basis, even if it's just an incremental change, uh, upgrading to the latest processor, perhaps uh, kicking up the processor cycle speed a little bit. There are changes that, that could go through uh, probably without a great deal of revision and engineering work in order to incorporate that. And in particular with the, the Mac Mini, I, I think that they really are slow to upgrade those. I, I would like to see them, there's really no reason why every time they come up with a new MacBook Pro, there's not a Mac Mini equivalent to it. Um, so I, I would hope that they, they go in that direction. Time will tell. Um, I, I don't think they're as driven by the marketplace as we see with the Android phones. There, you, you have, you almost have to have an announcement every few weeks or months in order to maintain your presence in the market. Um, whereas Apple, as you mentioned, Michael, they do it twice a year or every, 18, every nine months or whenever it happens. And I, I think that's appropriate. People aren't changing their phones. They're not replacing their phones that often. There are a few that are, but most people simply use their phone until it stops working and Apple builds products well and that's going to be three four years typically unless you break it or, or have or an unusual environment so people keep the product until they it goes away and needs to be replaced I had an original iPad I had it five years I, only reason I got rid of well I still have it only reason I bought a, a Air 2 is there, it kept crashing because it couldn't have the updates. So, you know, Apple needs to replace products when the technology is such that it makes sense. Guys, let's, let's kind of wrap up here. Um, obviously, by the time this is heard by any number of people, they're already going to know what is out there, and they'll know for sure rather than us just guessing about it. Where do you guys want to see Apple going? I hear and see and read more and more information about how Apple is in decline. And we've discussed this a couple of months um, about how Apple is adrift. Do you guys get that sense at all? Or is this just kind of a, a media hype thing? I think it may well be wishful thinking on the part of some of Apple's competitors. Apple has proven to be a very effective competitor. Uh, they're doing extremely well in the retail space. Uh, you know, they're, their stores are growing. The, the, they're even outgrowing some stores. They just opened a fabulous new store in, in San Francisco. And I just read today that Apple appears to be in the process of hire, actually hiring people 
for several stores in Mexico. And so that's you know, a big deal because Apple is not well represented in Latin America, and that's potentially a, an immense market. Along those lines, I, I believe I read as well that they have seem to be finally have gotten approval to open stores in India, which will be a big market. And I think they have announced their 40th store in China. So certainly the, there's, there's a lot of growth there. I don't see Apple as being in decline. I, I see the stock market not liking Apple simply because it's not growing quarter over quarter like they would ex like it to be because they want to invest in companies that are growing very rapidly. And I think Apple is in one of those phases now between major new products where they're not growing rapidly. They're making a ton of money as we saw in the last quarterly results. So, you know, everyone poo-pooed on them for in the, the financial press, but yet they made more money than pretty much everybody. Um, I, I think they have opportunities left. They, the iPhone and the iPad were huge new products, as was the iPod. Were they new in their markets? No. They came along after phones and tablets and uh, portable music players were well established. I think we're going to see the same thing in other product areas. You know, we, we've talked about them this before. We see products from Amazon, products from Google, self-driving automobiles, lots of opportunities. And I think at some point we're going to see another killer product from Apple. It's just when the market's right not at the bleeding edge, but when they have the product that can provide the services and the usability that is the heritage of Apple products. Thanks for joining us this month on the Cap Mac Podcast. If you're a member of Cap Mac, thanks for supporting us. And if you're not yet a member, we hope you'll join us at one of our meetings, one of our SIGs, or on our website at www.capmac.org. We're one of the oldest and largest Apple users groups in the world, and we'd sure like to have you as a member. If you have ideas or suggestions for CapMac, please send them to feedback at capmac.org. This is a presentation of the Capital Macintosh Users Group in Austin, Texas, and we'll see you next month.